Welcome to Is This Legal? Here are your hosts, attorneys Colin McCallan and Russell Hebbets. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Hebbets and McCallan Is This Legal podcast. I am one of your hosts, Russell Hebbets, and I'm here with my partner, Colin McCallan. Hello. Today we're going to be talking about corpus delectae. What's it, that? What language is that in? So that is my friend Latin. I bet you didn't know I spoke Latin. <laughs> I could speak a little pig Latin. That's about it. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about this this very interesting legal phenomenon called corpus delectae. And to kind of give us an introduction of this, give us the lay of the land, I believe you have a case, Colin, that does a good job of describing what this is all about. <clears throat> That's right. Um, before we actually define what we're talking about when we talk about corpus delecti, I think it'll be better understood if we talk about it in the context of a case. And I'm going to be talking about a Michigan case uh, called People v. McMahon. Uh, so James McMahon, uh, back in the mid-80s, in 1985, was uh, kind of dating a woman named Carolyn Kenyon. And on August 13th of 1985, uh, Carolyn uh, left her apartment with James McMahon. She left her apartment and was never seen or heard from again. She left in bare feet. She was wearing a sleeveless shirt and shorts. She didn't take her purse. And she told her roommate that she was going to be back by midnight. And uh, that was the last time anyone saw her. Uh, there was an exhaustive search uh, conducted by the Michigan authorities. Uh, no one ever found a body. No one ever found her whereabouts. And to this day, her body has never been recovered. And initially, there was no police investigation as to a homicide, correct? Th that's correct. I mean, there, were certainly, there was certainly an investigation. And given the fact that James McMahon was the last one who saw her, he, you know, he, he was questioned. But uh, nothing came out of that. So fast forward five years later, uh, March of 1990. Now, uh, James McMahon goes on with his life, and he ends up murdering a 10-year-old girl. And in connection with the investigation of that homicide, uh, when he's being interrogated, he says, oh, by the way, you guys might want to know, I murdered Carolyn Kenyon five years ago. She came over to my place. Uh, we were drinking. We were smoking marijuana. She made me mad, and I stabbed her in the chest. I took her body, and I buried it in the basement uh, for a couple of days. Then I moved it to another location for a couple of days, and then I eventually took it to the city dump. Um, of course, after he makes that confession, the police investigators, they try and run that information down. They try and see if they can find a body. They look at the places where he indicated he hid the body. They did not find anything that substantiated his confession. So what happens is, is he goes to trial for the murder of Carolyn Kenyon. I should mention he, he was convicted for the murder of the 10-year-old uh, girl, and he is currently still in prison for that. But they try and convict him for the murder of Carolyn Kenyon. And a jury convicts him based on his confession. Uh, he appeals to the uh, Michigan Court of Appeals, saying, wait a minute. Um, all you have in this case was my confession. You don't have any other corroborating evidence or any other independent basis to suggest that I killed this woman. You only have my conf uh, confession. That violates the common law term of corpus delecti. And so you have to throw my confession out. The Court of Appeals agreed. They said, nope, you cannot be convicted based on your mere confession alone. Uh, the prosecutors 
uh, tried to appeal to the Michigan Supreme Court. The Michigan Supreme Court uh, affirmed the Court of Appeals ruling that essentially corpus delecti prevents this guy from being prosecuted. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So corpus delecti is a Latin phrase which literally means the body of a crime. And essentially what it is is the material substance upon a which a crime has been committed. So, for example, the corpse in a homicide case, the charred remains of a building in an arson case, that is, those are the bodies of crime for those crimes. If you do not have the body of crime in a case, you do not have proof that a crime has even been committed. And this, this legal principle, common law principle, goes back hundreds of years and essentially yeah. says you can't convict someone of a crime if you don't have proof a crime has been committed. Yeah. It was in my research. I saw that this was adopted for the first time in the United States courts back in like 1851. But this has been a, a long time British colonial or right. British common law theme that we've seen for years and years, which is the basis of the American criminal system. Exactly. So let's so let's let's talk about how this works in practice. Let's say, let's just take a hypothetical person. I'm going to say his name is Jebediah. <laughs> Our old friends, Jebediah. Do we have Cornelius in this one too? I, I feel like we can have Cornelius too. Okay. You, you know our faithful listeners out there. You know that we've talked about our two knuckleheads, Jebediah and Cornelius, many times. They've, they've been around the Hebbets and McCallum block. They have. So what are, what are they up to this time? So let's say they're neighbors, Jebediah and Cornelius, okay. and they get into a neighbor dispute that turns not so neighborly and Jebediah ends up murdering Cornelius. Okay, so we're making Jebediah the bad guy this time. This time Jebediah is the bad guy. All right. I mean what's what's good for the goose is good for the gander, <laughs> I say. <laughs> so so Jebediah offs Cornelius and gets rid of the body perfectly. No one has any idea where he went, who he went with, no one saw him. All they know is Cornelius is no longer around. If Jebediah turns around and goes to the police station and says, Sergeant McMahon, I just killed my neighbor Cornelius. Take me in. What happens? Well, in that scenario, if, if that's all we have, if the police decided to do no further investigation apart than write down what Jebediah said or record what he said at the police station, Nothing will happen. Jebediah will not be charged with murder because we do not. We have a corpus delecti problem. We do not have evidence that the crime was committed. We don't have a body. We don't have them. We, you know, we, we have very limited information. Um, and you know, with this example, it doesn't matter how believable or trustworthy Jebediah's confession is. If we don't have any other shred of evidence, that case can't be filed. Right. And even if, let's say, the cops just believe him and he's so convincing, the police say, well, I believe you. I'm going to go ahead and arrest you for murder. It still gets dismissed because a court is going to say mm -hmm. there, because of corpus delecti, it cannot be prosecuted. We're talking about corpus delecti kind of acts as like a legal <laughs> obstacle. Um, if the prosecution cannot establish the corpus delecti of a crime, 
that case will not be able to go forward. A judge will be basically the gatekeeper and say, no, that case isn't even going to go to the jury right. because you haven't established the, 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 that the, a crime the, has been committed. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So let's change it a little bit. Let's say, let's say Jebediah goes there and says, I killed Cornelius. I killed him downstairs in my basement and I killed him by stabbing him and he bled on my carpet. And the police don't just take his word. They actually get a search warrant, which they'd be able to get based on that confession. They go to his house. They execute the search warrant. They search the basement, and they find blood. Mm -hmm. Does that change it? Absolutely. Because what we have in this second hypothetical is we have added corroborating evidence that is more than just the defendant's own statement, um, which may or may not be true. Um, now we actually have evidence that is found in conjunction with what was said that I think gets you past the corpus delecti problem that that guy could be charged with murder or so again, further investigated. And this is all gray because like you look at it and you say, let's say they find some blood, but it's not sufficient quantity of blood to indicate exsanguination. Okay. So you Bleeding to death. Bleeding You're to right. death. Bleeding out, exactly. Which is a great word, by the Exsanguination. way. Exsanguination. Exsanguination. Yeah, yeah. That should right. be like so a band name. That'd be a, that'd be a pretty morbid, <laughs> yet somehow cool. I'd go see him. <laughs> um, so if you have like just a little bit of blood, that might not be enough. But if there's enough blood to indicate that this looks like this was likely a homicide, then that's enough to get you past there. Right. So so that's that's... There doesn't have to be a lot of corroborating evidence, by the right. way. There just really has to be a little bit. Right. There has to be some evidence to say, okay, what this guy is actually saying, wow, we, this this could be proven. And we have at, some evidence right. to, to support it. Like, like a, for example, a bloody butcher knife right. would probably oh, sure. be enough. Yeah. Because, you know, you're not going to get a minor paper cut from a bloody butcher knife. Possibly. So what's the purpose of this corpus delecti? Because so far it sounds like this is just... Guys getting away with murder <laughs> because they're good at hiding bodies. Right. I mean, is know, there a reason for it? As we talk about this, there's a lot of criticisms about corpus delecti, but let, let's at least try and address why this, why we have this notion in the first place. And I'm actually going to read right from the McMahon case that I cited earlier. Uh, the Michigan Supreme Court, in their opinion, um, affirming the lower court ruling. They, were, they talked about, okay, well, let's talk about why we have corpus delecti. One of the purposes, quote, to guard against, indeed, to preclude conviction of criminal homicide where none was committed. Um, a second person, uh, pardon me, a second purpose is, quote, to minimize the weight of a confession and require collateral evidence to support a conviction. And that's, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah. Because... Because false confessions, ladies and gentlemen, that's a real thing. Mm -hmm. That happens, and it's far more common than most people believe. It, and, you're right. And it's, and it's oftentimes, although not always, but oftentimes, it's a result of police coercion. And, you know, you have police keeping people in a room for, you know, 12 hours straight without giving them water. You know, telling them you can make this all go away if you just tell us what happened. Um, you also have protections against people who are have mental health issues. So you have people who have psychotic breaks and they think 
that they've done these things, and they can be very convincing. Mm-hmm. So um, somehow they get contacted by the police, right? And they say, you know what? Last night, I think I killed somebody on the corner of Colfax and Maple, right? Um, and that didn't happen. Maybe the person was under the influence of drugs. Maybe they had a medical, mental health, psychotic episode, right. episode or something. Right. Corpus delicti is going to serve to protect those people and say, wait a minute, we're not going to charge you just based on your statement, which we have no way of of establishing is true if there's no other evidence. Right, exactly. So I think the other thing, um, I I think another uh, purpose for corpus delecti, and this is kind of referenced in the McMahon language that I referenced, was we want to encourage better and more thorough police investigation. We want it's a it's a societal goal, um, especially if we're talking about a serious case like a homicide, where we don't want to rest the evidence solely on the conviction, um, confession it's, solely pardon, on the confession. Sorry, on the confession. Pardon me. Um, we want the police to you know take that confession and investigate it. We want right. them to tear it apart. Right. We want them to see if they can corroborate anything or or even um disprove or, right or confession. not exactly so it's like it's like jebediah case you don't want the police to just say okay jebediah we're gonna go ahead and take you in and charge you and we're done with our investigation right. you want them to go look and see is there blood from this alleged stabbing where he says it was exactly so um you know those are really the purposes uh for corpus delecti and and I think no, notoriously we see this, it, it comes to fruition in, in most circumstances when we have a person who has gone missing. Right. You know, and we're going we're gonna to talk about that in a little bit. But, we, you know, a person goes missing. Their whereabouts are unknown. Um, and, and, and maybe it's obvious that something must have happened involving foul play. But you can't discount the possibility that that person right. just took off and went to Mexico and right. decided to live in anonymity right. in like a convent or something right. like that. Although convent is probably less common right now than it maybe was in the past. <laughs> maybe it's more like going to a Greek island, Nicaragua, and living it on a beach somewhere, or or a Greek island. Okay. Sure, it's we seem to be on the beach thing. <laughs> so if you're gonna flee justice, guys. Go to a beach because <laughs> there's no use living the good life if you're not living the good life, yeah, if you pref- know what I mean. Preferably a non-extraditable beach. Right. <laughs> uh, that's, le- that's free legal advice, everybody. Right. That's free legal advice. <laughs> so the the other protection that um, Corpus Delecta gives is for cases of vindictive accusations. So let's say... Cornelius knows Jebediah is planning to off him. And so Cornelius says, Hey, Sergeant Jones, Jebediah, he actually killed that girl who went missing last year from the school. Just based on that, the police can't do anything because Corpus Delecte protects Jebediah in that circumstance. Yeah, exactly. We're essentially saying that that one statement alone can't be used as proof that a crime actually occurred. We need much more evidence than that. Now, there are plenty of criticisms, though, um, regarding corpus delecti. And, you know, a little bit later, we're actually going to talk about how just recently in 2013, the state of Colorado has completely abandoned corpus delecti. Um, So let's talk about that. Um, One of the criticisms 
is that uh, people say, well, this is, you know, corpus electi really serves a little limited function. Um, it only applies when a person falsely confesses to an imaginary crime. This is essentially uh, one criticism where, you know, you're, you're talking about a confession for a crime that can't even be proven to, a, to have existed, right? Right. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. I... I I don't buy that criticism. Yeah, I, I don't really either. Um, but, you know, that's one thing that people say. Now, another criticism that I think is more on point, and we're going to discuss this in a later case, is, well, you know, what if you have a situation where we're not talking about maybe a homicide, but we're talking about uh, either an assault or maybe even a sexual assault on a person with uh, with an, a mental illness or a very young person, uh, like under the age of four, who can't articulate what happened to them. Um, this is a situation where if, if, if you have a, a victim like that, like a special needs victim, there's not going to be a lot of corroborating evidence surrounding whether or not that person was assaulted unless there is something external. Right, yeah. There, I mean, there could be evidence, but there usually could not be. Right. And so, you know, you don't want... A predator to go out there targeting these mentally handicapped or very young victims knowing that he could he, confess to it and still not be held accountable exactly like the best evidence in that case might be from the defendant's own mouth right and you know corpus electi might prevent that person from being prosecuted so, um, you know, there's, there's another criticism that, well, you know, if corpus electi is meant to uh, kind of ferret out coerced confessions, well, Miranda v. Arizona did that when uh, po the, po the police are required to Mirandize a person before questioning. Yeah. What do you think about that, Russ? I, I think that's complete <laughs> codswallop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you know, the... I, 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 the, the police can obviously still use they could still their powers of intimidation and... to get people to say things against their interest, and yeah, and you know, I I don't think that criticism, I don't I don't think that attack. And, and Miranda and, doesn't save this. No, Miranda doesn't save that. And and frankly, I mean, I think Miranda's good. I think Miranda should be used, and officers should be required to Mirandize people. But you know, at this point, someone gets Mirandized, they've heard it on TV or seen it a million times, and they're not really thinking about what's being said to them. Right. I, I really, I just don't think it does much. Right. But so there's, let, let's talk about some very specific kind of very interesting cases that have happened that involve the the theory of corpus delecte. So there's, there's one very interesting one. This is back in the uh, first half of the 20th century. So in, in the 1940s, 50s, a guy named John Haig in England, who thought he was a legal scholar. And unfortunately, he wasn't, because he knew of the corpus delecti common law um, theory. And so he believed that it meant literally you could not be prosecuted if there was no body. He took it completely literally. literally okay. So he was a serial killer. And what he would do uh -huh. is he would take his victims' bodies and dissolve them in acid. So there were literally no bodies. However, that didn't save him because there was plenty of other forensic evidence that pointed to him killing these people, not the least of which were big vats of acid. Right. <laughs> 
So if I follow you right, he confessed to this, yeah. but said, hey, you can't get me because, hey, you're not going to find anybody. Ha, ha, ha. Right. And right. Uh, whoever the prosecutor was started laughing hysterically and say, oh, you actually thought we needed a body. <laughs> right. Yeah. Then they were they were pretty much laughing as, as he was, I believe, hanged right about 1949. Gotcha. All right. Well, they got the last laugh there. Um, perhaps more recently and more famously, let's talk about a person named Natalie Holloway. Um, that name probably rings a bell because for like two years, uh, that was the only news story that was covered by the national media. But to remind you, uh, but way back in uh, 2005, Natalie Holloway, dis- she was a, an American teenager and she went missing in Aruba unex- in an unexplained way. Um, and she was with three... Uh, Dutch guys who she had met there and um, you know these guys were thoroughly investigated as to Natalie's disappearance um, but the her body uh, was never and has still never been recovered and the reason that's important is because maybe uh, three or four years after she went missing a guy named Joran Vandersloot who was one of the primary suspects of uh, her disappearance uh, apparently videotaped himself after getting high on marijuana where he basically acknowledged that he had a lot of information about her whereabouts and that he may have been involved in her death. Um, the problem is is that uh, they were never able to corroborate any of those statements. They never found her body. And so there was just not enough evidence for uh, for her killer to be brought to justice. Right. They never found her body yeah. and they never found any evidence of a homicide. I will say, fun fact, uh, Vandersloot uh, is now behind bars because he was convicted in the disappearance and murder of another young woman, a 21-year-old from Peru. Um, he was uh, eventually convicted for that crime and is uh, currently uh, serving a life sentence. Like, so, like, like I've always said, Colin, crime doesn't pay. Yeah, it doesn't pay. Unless you're a defense attorney. <laughs> um, so uh, let's, let's talk more. Uh, let's, let's bring this back home to Colorado. And as I mentioned earlier, the state of Colorado, uh, fairly famously in a uh, 2013 case, um, People de la Rosa uh, decided to abandon the corpus delicti rule. And I want to talk about that case for just a second because I actually think it's pretty interesting. Uh, we're not talking about a homicide here. Uh, Mr. LaRosa um, one day called the police voluntarily himself and he said, um, I just sexually assaulted my two and a half year old daughter. And he provided more detailed information about how that occurred. Um, Obviously, we're talking about a two-and-a-half-year-old girl victim. So this is a person who's not going to be able to testify in court. She had no memory of anything about this. There was was absolutely no physical evidence that any sort of assault had occurred. All the, the prosecution had was this one statement, this one phone call that this man made to a police dispatcher. Nevertheless, uh, the prosecution decided to mount a case against Mr. De La Rosa, and they charged him with sexual assault on a child. And he was convicted based on his statement. At trial, he tried to say, I was having a manic episode. I was, have, I was, uh, I was overtired. I wasn't in my right, right mind. I don't know why I made these statements. I didn't do any of this stuff. Um, so he appealed on the theory of corpus delecti to the, uh, to the uh, Colorado Court of Appeals. Court of Appeals reversed his conviction. 
and said, no, this is clearly corpus delecti. There's, all you have here is a confession. That's not enough. You have no other corroborating evidence that a crime occurred. These charges should have never been filed. Um, case went all the way to the Colorado Supreme Court. And the Colorado Supreme Court, uh, this is what they did. They said, you know what? We think the corpus delecti rule is pretty stupid. It's outdated. They cited all the criticisms that we just made reference to. <clears throat> and they created a new standard called the trustworthy standard. And this is super hard to explain, but I'll do the best I can. Essentially, the trustworthy standard says that a confession by itself can be enough if it is deemed to be trustworthy. So what it essentially does is it allows the prosecution to bring a case that corpus delecti would have previously prevented from being brought forward. Right. Um, but they have to have more than just a confession. It's got to be a trustworthy confession. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but, but so, and, and it's... I'll bet the police were like, oh, we believed him. Right. We believed him. <laughs> he was very, very trustworthy. <laughs> he was nodding the whole time. <laughs> Interestingly enough, in, in adopting this standard, they said that it could not be applied to La Rosa because at the time he committed this offense, corpus delecti was still the law of the right. land. Right, so it would have been a due process It would violation. have been unfair, right. they actually said, to, de, uh, to La Rosa. Yeah. We, we, yeah, we can talk about the ridiculousness of that later. but Yeah, I mean, well, due, due process has its place. But <laughs> yeah, so essentially they said it has to have the, and, and this gets very convoluted, but the facts in, there must be facts that corroborate the facts in the confession, or... There must be facts that establish the crime, which corroborate the facts in the confession, or there must be facts under which the confession was made that are trustworthy. So those are the three kind of exceptions that let the prosecution get past corpus delecti. Now, this is uncommon. Corpus delecti does not come up often. Yeah, this is a super rare phenomenon. Right. Um, and, you know, because frankly, in most crimes... There's a body. Well, yeah. Or, <laughs> or you know, they're easily provable, you right. know? And, and, you know, I think a, a murder case is the most, like, noteworthy with regard to this legal notion. But even most, even most murder cases where there's no body, there is normally lots of other evidence right. that you can use... Which would negate a corpus delecti defense. Yes, yeah, I mean you you are you are foolish. Uh, like Mister, uh, what was his name? The Englishman. Oh, hey. If if you think that you that just because there's no body that's discovered, you're not going to be charged with a crime. That's not the way things work, especially in the 21st century. Right. With so, the technology so, we have. So Jebediah, you know, don't go through with it. <laughs> you're gonna get caught. Yes. There's going to be some evidence, and you're not going to be able to use this. Yeah, and if you're charged in Colorado, corpus delecti won't save you anymore. Well, well, here, here's the thing. Anyone who is who is such a master criminal that they can get away with so perfectly disposing of a body and having no other evidence, they're probably not going to be the ones that go and confess. Right. I think we're going to agree on that. And I think we can agree that we've probably covered everything we need to on this podcast, right? I think we have. It has been a pleasure, ladies and gentlemen. Colin, where can they reach us? Okay. Uh, you can find us at our Facebook page, which is uh, Hebbets and McCallan. That's our uh, Facebook page. You can find us on Twitter at Is This Legal uh, Podcast. 
And uh, if you have ideas for future podcasts, if you'd like to comment on this podcast, we would love to hear from you. So please reach out to us. We really enjoy doing this. It's been a while since our last episode. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. Be safe, everyone. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Is This Legal? See you next time.